talk about our health. Collagen is often referred to as our modern day fountain of youth. And for good reason, supplementing this powerful nutrient can bring back a youthful glow to our skin, hair, and nails. My favorite source of collagen comes from this amazing mix that I highly encourage my audience to try. It uses a unique blend of the top five critically most important types of collagen our bodies need to help bring back the youthfulness into our skin, hair, and nails. Order it today to get a bundle of benefits by going to healthwithx22.com, including 51% off. That is healthwithx22.com, healthwithx22.com. Let's talk about protecting your wealth. It's crypto buy time. Go to mydigitalmoney.com. After crossing the 30,500 mark, Bitcoin slid down to around 28,000, but this is expected and normal as some investors want to make some gains. Ethereum, on the other hand, is back to $1,700. What this offers you is an opportunity to make bigger gains. Go to mydigitalmoney.com. Thousands of customers are already buying like crazy, making sure another opportunity doesn't pass them by. Bitcoin and Ethereum have been resilient through all economic distresses throughout the year. During the regular chaos in the beginning of the year, Bitcoin gained 5,000 in a matter of one week. It responded to the banking crisis by gaining 7,000 weeks following the banking crisis. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Unlike most other crypto platforms, MyDigitalMoney.com, with their partner Equity Trust, founded in 1974, hold your crypto separately from their business operations. That means your assets are yours and cannot be touched. Invest with an IRA or standard account safely through their easy-to-use platform. Just go to MyDigitalMoney.com or call them at 83 833- 3636-2008. We've been in an economic slump and it looks like there's more to come. Yet Bitcoin is up more than 70% year to date. If you want an asset that can grow your wealth, invest in crypto. Just go to mydigitalmoney.com. Go to mydigitalmoney.com. Open an account now and get $50 in your account. Just enter X22 in the promo code field. Terms apply. And remember, there is always a risk of loss and past performance is not indicative of future results. Let's talk about protecting our health. Celebrities are taking advantage of the hottest diet trend of 2023 called Keto 2.0. Before big movie roles, celebrities often follow a Keto 2.0 diet or take advantage of Keto 2.0 supplements. The easiest way to get in on the Keto 2.0 trend, elevate ketones and support weight management is with this amazing Keto Mix. This powder supports elevated ketone levels in the body, which in turn supports weight management, appetite management, and healthy metabolism. Order this amazing Keto Mix today to get a bundle of benefits, including 51% off by going to Keto with X22 That is Keto with X22.com. Let's talk about protecting our wealth. Did you know Bank of America is saying gold will go to 2200 this year, an all-time high? Invest in a gold IRA with Noble Gold Investments today and take advantage of this rare opportunity to secure your retirement savings. With the experts at Noble Gold Investments, you can ride the wave of gold's historic rise to financial security. This month, they're offering a solid silver 5-ounce America the Beautiful coin with every qualifying precious metals IRA or 401k rollover. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments. Hurry and go to x22gold.com to secure your wealth, bag of free Five ounce America, the beautiful coin. If you qualify, that is x22gold.com. That is x22gold.com. And remember, there's always a risk of investment and there's no guarantee of any kind. Hi, and welcome to the X22 Report Spotlight. Today, we have a returning guest, Charles Hughes Smith. Charles is a financial writer, a book author. His latest book is Self-Reliance in the 21st Century. You can find all of his book and his new book of on of2minds.com. And I am very happy and honored to have Charles back on the X22 Report Spotlight. Charles, welcome back to the Spotlight. Thank you, Dave. It's always a pleasure 
Hey, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And let me just start off with the economy. I know you write a lot of uh, articles on the economy. Um, I've seen it on Zero Hedge. We, I mean, I think everyone's seen your articles all over the place. And you also have it on uh, on your website, of2minds.com. And when you look at the economy right now, are, are we in a, an economic crisis? I mean, do we have a major problem right now? I think that's a great summary question. Dave and um, I, I think from the from the long view, you know, like if we look at history um, in the long view, I think the answer is absolutely yes. And you go, well, why? Why is there a crisis after we've been living, you know, pretty reliably and stably for like decades? And it's all like, well, we can. There's a pretty long list, but we can start with like the debt super cycle. In other words, the, we as an economy and society have just started living very heavily on debt. And that there's usually like a an end date to that that kind of strategy that eventually your debt becomes so large you can't cover it, um, or it starts eating away at your income so you don't have enough left to invest or um, do more useful things than 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 uh, pay interest on your debt. And so then, how do you handle that? And then that that becomes a crisis because there's no easy way to do it. The the standard way is to create high inflation so your debt is inflated away. And for example, like for all the people that bought houses in the like late seventies or early eighties, you know, like 40 years ago, you know, their mortgage payment was like $450 or something. And, and, you know, that seems like, wow, that was a big, a big amount of money back then. But thanks to inflation, it's now like, wow, look at my mortgage is only, you know, 450 bucks. Now it's, they'd be $3,500 right. for the same house and so on. So that's how inflation gets rid of debt. But there's, there's a cost to that. In other words, you're inflating away all the value of people's earnings. And um, unless you have a, a financial bubble, then it, it eventually eats away at their at their wealth. So, I mean, right now we're talking about debt and inflation. With inflation, because it's been picking up, fuel inflation's been picking up, and we're just you know continually ramping up more and more debt as time goes on. Is this sustainable? Can we just continually add on all this debt? Uh, just referring to other people who've done a, a lot of research on this, mm -hmm. who tend to be professional historians like um, Peter Turchin. And, you know, he sees like 50 year cycles and he predicted like back in like 2018 or something, we're going to have a crisis that starts in 2021 because that's his cycle kind of uh, research indicated. And then sure enough, you know, for whatever reason, then you, things start falling apart mm. every 50 years. And so I, th there's there's that element, you know, that 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 life seems to go in cycles. But uh, at, per debt and inflation, they also go in cycles. And so a lot of technical analysts have been talking about for years that that interest rates don't go to zero and then stay there forever. You get an up cycle, you know. And so we had 40 years of declining interest rates, and you can point to why that was. Well, one was globalization. They they offshored all the U.S. production, and then things got cheaper. And so then they could lower interest rates because, um, you know, times were good, right? Mm -hmm. And so now that deglobalization is re uh, globalization is becoming deglobalization and, re and reversing, and we're we're realizing the risks of of depending on other countries for our essentials, that that goes away, and now costs are going to go up because we're a reshoring industry, and costs are higher here than they are in Vietnam and you know and uh, other developing countries. So. There's reasons for inflation and interest rates to go up on on, on longer term reasons. And I've, I've discussed recently, I think wages are part of this and that 
I often show this chart from the Federal Reserve that shows wages share of the national income was declined for 45 years. In other words, you, everybody was better off in terms of what their their wages could buy in 1975 than they are today. And so what happened, in my view, is um, capital, like people with money <clears throat> and the ability to borrow tons of money, they got all the all the benefits of globalization and financialization, all the all the wealth flowed to them. And that's why we have such extreme wealth inequality, where those of us who work for um, a living, you know, uh, uh, earning from labor, mm-hmm. we've basically been getting the short stick for like 40 years. And so that has to reverse because otherwise you get a revolution. In other words, if capital gets all the gains and then and labor just loses ground forever, then how are you going to have an economy and a society where 90% of the people can't, um, can't have a, a, a decent, uh, lifestyle with their earnings, right? And so we all know this. We all see that, you know, everything goes up in price, but our wages don't keep, uh, keep up, but that's going to have to change. And people write me and they say, do you really think that the common person could, could ever benefit from anything you know it just seems so so hopeless you know like it's like the wealthy have all the power all the money everything's skewed to them you know and it's all like well you can only do that so so much and so far and i think we're we're at that social turning point as well as economic turning point so when you say like the the all the wealth flowed up you're talking about like the one percent people that those are the people that have the wealth now and and the bottom what is it 99 percent they're the ones that all their wealth got sucked away from them. Yeah. Or even it's like, you know, if you look at the charts, it's like the one tenth of 1%, oh, wow. you know, but certainly the top uh, 1%. And I, I, I posted a chart on my uh, blog a couple of days ago showing like who gets the capital gains, because of course that's how like the wealthy get wealthy is they own assets and then those assets bubble up in speculative bubbles. And we've had three bubbles, right? The dot-com in 2000, then the housing bubble in 2008. And then now we have the everything bubble. And so if you don't own any assets, then you don't get any of that capital gains. But if you own a ton of assets, like the top 10% own 90-some percent of all the assets in the U.S., right? Then you get all the money. You get all the capital gains. So at the top, the average household gets a million dollars a year in capital gains. And then people in the middle class that are earning, say, two, two household, two income households earning like a hundred thousand or 125,000, they get like four or five thousand dollars a year in capital gains. So there you go. One, one family's making a million a year and another family's making four thousand dollars in so-called unearned income, meaning, you know, money from wealth. Where do you think that's going to go? That's like a 200 fold difference. So I think that's that's where the common person who doesn't look at all these charts and everything, they may not realize how far behind they've fallen that that top 1%. Is there any way for, I guess, the bottom 99%, we'll just say 99%, is there any way for them to actually get ahead with their wages, especially if we have inflation and the system the way it is? Is there any way to fix this problem? Well, that's a great question, um, Dave. And I, I did, uh, I, you know, is if there's always two levels to everything mm-hmm. in life, right? The systems that we don't personally control, right? You know, the Federal Reserve policy or, you know, uh, broad economic uh, forces that are beyond us, like globalization. All we can do as individuals or households is respond. That's the only 
that's the only power we have is how do we respond to these large systemic changes? So I, I wrote this book called, you know, self-reliance in the 21st century. And, and my idea was to, to answer your question. What do you do if, 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 if you're losing ground or you can only make so much money and yet costs just keep spiraling up? And so my answer, it, it, there's no perfect answer, right? I mean, everybody wants to just be told, you know, the easy thing, like, tell me what cryptocurrency is going to go up a hundredfold and I'll put like a thousand bucks in that, you know, right. <laughs> like that, I, you know, in other words, let's ride the speculative bubble, but speculative bubbles always pop, you know, you can't rely on them. So my idea is you got to move and, and that's, um, you got to move to some place that's, that allows you to earn as much money as you can, but is way cheaper than, than like the, the coastal cities where it's impossible to buy a house or afford medical care, you know? And so a lot of American young people, like I'm saying young meaning like mid twenties to, you know, mid thirties, forties. Um, they're, they're like, I can't buy a house, can't afford medical care, can't afford to have kids. So I'm going to just move abroad. And so they move to Bolivia or Portugal where, you know, there's this, a huge number of young Americans who live abroad because their dollar, their earnings, they can earn, you know, remote work, uh, money. And it goes so much farther overseas than it does here. But otherwise, you move inland or you move to places where the wealthy don't want to live. That frankly, you know, in other words, if you're going to follow the trendy place, it's going to skyrocket in price. And we see this all over the place, right? Like um, Asheville. Uh, I mean, this you know, the city of Asheville and I think it's North Carolina, you know, like a nice little place. The wealthy glom onto it. And then now it's like um, crowded and it's unaffordable. <laughs> so right. you gotta, you gotta move someplace where your money, your wage earnings will go farther. That's number one. Number two, you gotta invest in yourself and your household and assets that you control rather than look at speculative bubbles. You know, what, what can you do to create more value? You know, what can you do in terms of buying a house or a property that you can um, generate income from that property or? you know, so-called side hustles that you own and control. And so that's what, and and also in terms of self-reliance, my other point was realize how heavily dependent you are on global supply chains that are really fragile and really long. And that's why they're fragile is they're really long. And so you, you want to get to some place in the United States or the world, if you choose, where you're, you're, the, the number of links between what you need to live what you need to survive and what and and your household that reduce the number of links. And so like, obviously if you live in a, in a rural town, you're going to be closer at least hopefully to people who are actually raising livestock and growing food, you, you know, but if you're relying on grapes that are, you know, flown from Chile uh, thousands of miles of air freight, that's like a chain that's just really easy to break. Whereas if you, if you if you you can get what you need within 50 miles that's obviously a lot more resilient in terms of your lifestyle so i see deglobalization as not just reshoring essential in industries but it's also realizing that all these supply chains are going to break down well, and what, that, uh, you know yeah why do you think that globalization is breaking down i mean do you think um number 1 why is it breaking down number 2 since you said it was breaking down. Do you think countries are going to go back to their own manufacturing, back to their own uh, production of goods? Well, that's a great question, Dave. And I, I, if you just go to the hardware store and pick something up, mm -hmm. it's still made in China. Yeah. So you can say, well, everything I touch here in this hardware store is made in China still. 
And so what do you mean deglobalization? And it's obviously early days. In other words, China, this globalization thing started um, a long time ago, the late 80s, right? And by the early 90s, it was it was underway. And then by the year 2000, it just started skyrocketing, right? So this stuff's been been building for 30 years. And so it's going to take a while to reverse, you know, 30 years. But you can see it in, in a lot of different ways. Like, for instance, the semiconductor industry is essential to American life and technology, right? So there's these uh, big companies are starting to build uh, plants here. And they're, we're, parting, we're putting the squeeze on, on semiconductor um, industry in China. Like, we're no, we do not, we cannot allow ourselves to become dependent on China for our essentials. And so um, that's that's why we're reshoring industry, and it's 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 it seems like a trickle right now, but it could turn into a flood because national security is at stake. In other words, this is not just fun and games about corporate profits the way it was for the last thirty years. It's not just about squeezing more profit out of 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 sales because we moved all the production costs overseas. No, this is national security. And so that's that's changed. And everybody understands that the Chinese, the, the Europeans, the Japanese, everybody understands they're going to have to reshore or harden their own internal supply chain. It doesn't mean that there's no trade, but it's all like the really important stuff's going to have to be made either by friends, so-called friend shoring, or it's going to have to be made by you. <laughs> so that that's a big trend. And I think the other thing that people don't understand is, you know, when you try to when profit is all that matters and that's all that you know corporate power has been supreme in the united states for decades right everything is revolves around who what benefits corporations because they can buy political power it's like chump change to them mm -hmm. you know 100 million bucks to buy buy some po uh, political party no problem that's chump change man we're making billions here so with profit, you just you don't care about anything but squeezing the supply chain down to most efficiency. So pretty soon, there's only one or two suppliers for a critical component in, in whatever the, whatever you're making and selling. Well, so when you when you get that kind of um, vulnerability, you're, you know your long supply chain, and there's a bunch of companies of which there's only one that does something or supplies a, 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 a component. When that company gets crushed or has some problem, then your whole supply chain breaks down. So the, the chain is like, you know, the weakest link and it, and people usually, unless they're in the industry, they don't understand how many links there are that are really, um, to companies that, that if one thing goes wrong, the whole chain is broken. And, you know, so that's the other deglobalization. We got a taste of that in COVID, but it, mm. it hasn't ended just because COVID is, is ended. If we deglobalize, does the financial system have to change? Because, I mean, if we go back to the 70s when we had, still had manufacturing, a lot of the manufacturing here, and we came off the gold standard in the 70s, the value of the dollar declined. They started to move manufacturing overseas because it was cheaper than they, because they would be able to send it back to, to the United States. And, you know, the, the labor out in Let's talk about protecting your wealth. It's crypto buy time. Go to mydigitalmoney.com. After crossing the 30,500 mark, Bitcoin slid down to around 28,000, but this is expected and normal as some investors want to make some gains. Ethereum, on the other hand, is back to $1,700. What this offers you is an opportunity to make bigger gains. Go to mydigitalmoney.com. Thousands of customers are already buying like crazy, making sure another opportunity doesn't pass them by. Bitcoin and Ethereum have been resilient through all economic distresses throughout the year. During the regular 
regulatory chaos in the beginning of the year, Bitcoin gained 5,000 in a matter of one week. It responded to the banking crisis by gaining 7,000 weeks following the banking crisis. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Unlike most other crypto platforms, MyDigitalMoney.com, with their partner Equity Trust, founded in 1974, hold your crypto separately from their business operations. That means your assets are yours and cannot be touched. Invest with an IRA or standard account safely through their easy-to-use platform. Just go to MyDigitalMoney.com or call them at 833-636-2008. We've been in an economic slump and it looks like there is more to come. Yet Bitcoin is up more than 70% year-to-date. If you want an asset that can grow your wealth, invest in crypto. Just go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Open an account now and get $50 in your account. Just enter X22 in the promo code field. Terms apply. And remember, there is always a risk of loss and past performance is not indicative of future results. Let's talk about protecting our health. Celebrities are taking advantage of the hottest diet trend of 2023 called Keto 2.0. Before big movie roles, celebrities often follow a Keto 2.0 diet or take advantage of Keto 2.0 supplements. The easiest way to get in on the Keto 2.0 trend, elevate ketones and support weight management is with this amazing Keto Mix. This powder supports elevated ketone levels in the body, which in turn supports weight management, appetite management, and healthy metabolism. Order this amazing Keto Mix today to get a bundle of benefits, including 51% off by going to Keto with X22 com that is keto with x22.com china and many other places that those people were getting like pennies on the dollar and they would send it back to the united states to deglobalize right now with the economy the way it is i mean we have a huge amount of debt the currency has been inflated or the value of the currencies declined can we bring back the manufacturing to this country and if we do within the system can the people actually afford the products that are being created in this country? Well, that's a great question, Dave. And uh, you you raised an issue about the currency and and sound money. And of course, one of the things that I think about a lot is if if your money is losing value, that hurts everybody. But the wealthy are protected because more protected because they've got wealth that tends to go up, you know, stocks go up um, with inflation where wages don't. And so you actually want money that doesn't lose value. And so um, when people talk about the dollar being replaced globally or, you know, going to zero or something, that would, of course, impoverish everybody in the United States that that is, by law, we're forced to use dollars, right? That That is our legal currency. So that would be a catastrophe, especially for the bottom 99%, because we don't have the ability to go shift money to some bank in, in Switzerland or something like the wealthy. So um, I, I think you're going to get a revolution if um, a, a political you know, uh, revolt of some kind, not, and I'm not saying a violent revolution, I'm just saying people will just say, I've had enough. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what will happen if you say the dollar is going to go to zero or lose most of its value. So um, it, it, there's there's reasons for the, the the wealthy and the powerful to to actually keep the dollar strong because that's really they they, they need to do that or else they're going to be overthrown At, to just kind of be blunt about it you know you let your currency go to zero and you impoverish everybody except the wealthy um, you're going to get a political uh, blowback and so if they want to preserve their wealth and power they're going to have to keep the dollar aloft and so how do you do that. Well, you, you make it um, so that capital wants that interest rate that you get by buying a treasury bond or something. In other words, they have to keep interest rates high enough to attract capital so the dollar doesn't go to zero. But that, that's that's my read on it. Now, maybe I'm wrong. When you're talking about jobs and you're talking about, you know, being 
self-reliant. What about AI? Because people are worried about AI replacing jobs. And I mean, right now, if, since we started off the discussion that, you know, 1% or one-tenth of the percent have all the wealth and the 99% they're continually working, there's the threat of AI replacing jobs. Like I just saw an article where the uh, eating disorder hotline is going to be taken over by AI, not real people anymore. So I, I guess your responses to your problems are going to be a computer system. That's what's going to give you help. So those jobs are going to be gone. So what happens when they bring in AI and they start replacing people with AI or can they replace people with AI? I mean, is this possible? Yeah, it's a great question, Dave. And I wrote a book about this um, before the, the latest surge. I've had an interest in AI for like mm. 40 years. And so I wrote a book called Will We Be Richer? Will You Be Richer or Poorer? Which which looks exactly at this. How, what are the limits or potential of AI and automation in general, robotics and so on? And so it seems to me that there's much more limits on what AI can do in terms of replacing an entire you know, human worker than people think. And, and, um, I, I would put it this way. The, the, the current craze in AI is called LLM, right? Large language model. And what it is, is it's the ability to, um, scan millions of documents through the web and, um, and, and mimic, you know, human, um, linguistic skills and, and the knowledge that, that's, um, available and that we, that we can communicate with language. But it doesn't mean it's actually right. That's that's the problem. And and like we've I've seen you everyone's probably read articles from ER doctors and stuff who've used these these models and said, yeah, they're they're right about sixty percent of the time, which is pretty good. But ten percent, they're absolutely dead wrong. Hmm. And so it's all like, well, well then, so you can't really turn these systems completely over to the machines because they can't tell when they're wrong. Uh -huh. So that's that's a limitation. And the other limitation is we live in a physical world. So in terms of like answering the phone and coming up with a script, you know, like the computer can can um, understand your question, you know, about um, some service and then it can it can search through, you know, and have a response. That's uh, those jobs will be lost. Yeah. But when it comes to like cleaning a hotel room and lifting a heavy mattress and then picking up the, the trash and then putting a, a little plastic bag in the in the trash bin, you're not going to get that automated because those are like very different skill sets. You know, in other words, a robot works best doing the same thing. And it, it's like once you try to get a robot that has extreme dexterity and can lift a hundred pound mattress and do all this other stuff, that robot's expensive. Mm. <laughs> it's like the cheap robot, the one that's that that is cheaper than a human, it does something like rolls around of a perfectly smooth concrete floor um, in an Amazon warehouse. And it does one thing, you know, it searches the shelves and picks up something. So anything that can be simplified down to like a simple task, yeah, that can be automated. But most of our work in, is, is, um, is, is in the real world, a lot of the work. So if you have real physical skills um, or you, you work well with people, um, then you're still going to have a way to create value. And if you solve problems, because, you know, these... These these AI programs don't really solve problems. They can they they can kind of scan what's already known and they can come up with uh, a proposed solution. But that's not the same as like being a manager, you know, of of people or getting a project done, you know, in the real world. So I think the the thing is is to not get um, too panicky about AI. 
but look at it as as a tool that you're going to have to probably use as part of your job to create value. I guess when you hear the term artificial intelligence, it's not really artificial intelligence if it's scanning information or they have trainers that train AI. Do we actually have AI that actually learns right now? Well, that's a great question, um, Dave. And as far as I know, and again, I don't claim to be, you know, I'm not a professor of AI or something. Mm-hmm. I'm simply a, um, a a normal citizen who, you know, tries to, you know, read the scientific journals and stuff and keep up on it. But my understanding is this, at a really high level, um, like Google's uh, Deep Mind program, then they, they have assigned the AI program they've designed to do something really difficult, like find out how a particular molecule, um, you know, folds, because, you know, molecules are this, they have this pe- peculiar ability to fold up into a compact shape within like a millisecond. And so the computer will will so-called learn how what's most likely for that the way that the molecule um, will will fold and fold up. But so you can say, well, it's learning how proteins um, fold, but it it's um it it's a, a process that it cannot explain to us. Huh. You know, in other words, it's it's like, well, exactly how did you figure that out? And so it's kind of like, well, I don't know. You know, the, the, In <laughs> other words, it's sort of a black box. In other words, you input the thing and then sometimes it comes up with the right answer and you go, oh, see, it, it learned something. But it can't communicate the process that it went through to get that. And so it's not really learning like we like we think of it, like uh, we're a general a general intelligence. And you, you talk, you, when you read about AI, a lot of times people will say, you'll see that term like AGI or something like, it means general intelligence, like able to understand the entire context in the entire world. And this is what AI lacks because that's really hard. And so it, it only understands specific problems that it's given. And in that little context, you can say it's learning um, and advancing knowledge you know, but it's only within that little field and it, it, it doesn't, it, it's like a black box. It, it, it comes up with a solution, but we don't understand how it does. I see. So there's limits on, on it's, I don't know if you can call it knowledge or learning in, in the way we learn, but it is some kind of advance. So you have this new book out called uh, Self-Reliance. Now, does that mean being self-sustainable or does this mean something else um, in your book? that's a great question, Dave. I'm glad you asked that. Um, a lot of people will think that self-reliance or uh, is the same as, um, you know, self-sustainability or, or you know, kind of like Walden and and Thoreau, you know, living in, in in the cabin on the on the lake and you you know doing everything, making everything for yourself. That's not what I mean. I think self-reliance means that you take as much control of of your life as you can, and including all the material. Um, parts that, that, that we depend on. And like I said, it doesn't mean that you can make everything, but if you can shorten the supply chain, um, that between what you need and, and your household, that's what I consider self-reliance. And so there's a lot of, uh, variety in that. It depends on where the person is in their life and how many, uh, de- people are dependent on them and where their job is. And, you know, no, there's no one formula that, that, that we can say, oh, that's, that's self-reliance. But if you if you compare, and I start the book by comparing life in the era of Thoreau and Emerson and um, Ralph 
Waldo Emerson wrote the the famous essay called Self-Reliance. Mm-hmm. And in his mind, back in 1845 or, or whatever, he, he took for granted that that uh, the supply chain was local. Uh, you know, you, you might get tea, you know, a little package of tea from India in, in 1845, but 99% of everything you need to live was within walking distance, you know, uh, essentially, right? Or uh, a short distance away, including the metal casting and tools and whatever else you needed it was it was localized i think that's the future um and that's where we want to go is to is to is to start relocalizing the essentials and and if you can do any any part of that's gonna gonna make you more self-reliant emerson's self-reliance was psychological and um and social self-reliance meaning he he wanted he was counseling people Make your own decisions. Don't follow the herd. Think through what works for you. And, and that's a very modern message. Now we, we take that for granted. Everybody's supposed to understand that they're, you know, that they, um, they're supposed to think for themselves and be an independent. But meanwhile, we're, we're incredibly dependent on, on the material supply chains that, that we live off of. So I'm, I'm kind of calling for a balance. Like, yeah, you have to be psychologically and socially independent now think for yourself, but you also have to think about where's all the stuff I need to live coming from. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, for self-reliance, when you really look at it, I mean, I'll just use war as an example. If we were in war back in, um, World War II, we still manufactured, we still made things. You can go down the street and get something. Today, if we were in war, our supplies would be depleted very, very quickly. And we actually don't have the ability to create anything else that we needed, even tools. I mean, I'm, I'm not just talking about, you know, bombs and bullets and things. I'm just talking about tools. I'm talking about food. I'm talking about all these different things. So I think you're right. I, I think that we need to become self-reliant, not just materially, but we also need to become self-reliant into thinking logically and being independent. And I think we've gone so far away from that because I think what the powers that be have done is they made us, a lot of people, dependent on the government, dependent on everyone else, and everyone else is to blame. And I think we need to bring that back. And maybe with everything that's happening with the economy, with everything that's happening in the world, maybe that will be possible. Yeah, I think you're right, Dave. I, I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, speaking of World War II, one mm-hmm. of the things that, that happened that the normal person could do that was was so-called victory garden. Everybody, you know, to to uh, free up the 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 food production to be shipped to the uh, the sailors and and soldiers overseas. Then everyone was supposed to grow some of their own food, and so you were you know you were helping the national cause by by having a garden at home. And it's uh, I don't know how many people you know or that have a garden uh, or that could have a garden. But I notice here um, that very few people have a garden, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's a that's a. It may seem like a trivial thing, but it's like it's all baby steps, you know. <laughs> if you can grow anything or or uh, offer something that you have to somebody who, who who's growing their own food, small farmer or whatever, you're a lot closer to reality than than if you're uh, relying on some you know airlifted um, uh, produce from. Uh, 5,000 miles away. Hey, Charles, thank you very much for being on the X-22 Report Spotlight. Once again, how can people get your book? Yeah, you can read uh, free uh, sample chapters at of2minds.com. 
great. I'll put all the links at the bottom of the video. Once again, thank you very much for being on the X22 Report Spotlight. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Let's talk about our health. Collagen is often referred to as our modern-day fountain of youth, and for good reason. Supplementing this powerful nutrient can bring back a youthful glow to our skin, hair, and nails. My favorite source of collagen comes from this amazing mix that I highly encourage my audience to try. It uses a unique blend of the top five critically most important types of collagen our bodies need to help bring back the youthfulness into our skin, hair, and nails. Order today to get a bundle of benefits by going to healthwithx22.com, including 51% off. That is healthwithx22.com, healthwithx22. Let's talk about protecting your wealth. It's crypto buy time. Go to mydigitalmoney.com. After crossing the 30,500 mark, Bitcoin slid down to around 28,000, but this is expected and normal as some investors want to make some gains. Ethereum, on the other hand, is back to $1,700. What this offers you is an opportunity to make bigger gains. Go to mydigitalmoney.com. Thousands of customers are already buying like crazy, making sure another opportunity doesn't pass them by. Bitcoin and Ethereum have been resilient through all economic distresses throughout the year. During the regulatory chaos in the beginning of the year, Bitcoin gained 5,000 in a matter of one week. It responded to the banking crisis by gaining 7,000 weeks following the banking crisis. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Unlike most other crypto platforms, MyDigitalMoney.com, with their partner Equity Trust, founded in 1974, hold your crypto separately from their business operations. That means your assets are yours and cannot be touched. Invest with an IRA or standard account safely through their easy-to-use platform. Just go to MyDigitalMoney.com or call them at 833-636-2008. We've been in an economic slump and it looks like there is more to come. Yet Bitcoin is up more than 70% year to date. If you want an asset that can grow your wealth, invest in crypto. Just go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Open an account now and get $50 in your account. Just enter X22 in the promo code field. Terms apply. And remember, there is always a risk of loss and past performance is not indicative of future results. Let's talk about protecting our health. Celebrities are taking advantage of the hottest diet trend of 2023 called Keto 2.0. Before big movie roles, celebrities often follow a Keto 2.0 diet or take advantage of Keto 2.0 supplements. The easiest way to get in on the Keto 2.0 trend, elevate ketones and support weight management is with this amazing Keto Mix. This powder supports elevated ketone levels in the body, which in turn supports weight management, appetite management, and healthy metabolism. Order this amazing Keto Mix today to get a bundle of benefits, including 51% off by going to Keto with X22 that is keto with x22.com. Let's talk about protecting our wealth. Did you know Bank of America is saying gold will go to 2200 this year, an all-time high? Invest in a gold IRA with Noble Gold Investments today and take advantage of this rare opportunity to secure your retirement savings. With the experts at Noble Gold Investments, you can ride the wave of gold's historic rise to financial security. This month, they're offering a solid silver 5-ounce America the Beautiful coin with every qualifying precious metals IRA or 401k rollover. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments. Hurry and go to x22gold.com to secure your wealth, bag of free 5 Five ounce America, the beautiful coin, if you qualify. That is x22gold.com. That is x22gold.com. And remember, there's always a risk of investment and there's no guarantee of any kind.